0: Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in Discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And
1: I'm Alex Taylor. This is our podcast about us doing what we can to be named in the future Forbes 30 Under 30. Colin? Yes? How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well, dude. Uh, You want to know why? Why? Uh, This is my last episode without an undergraduate degree. Woo.
1: Boop Congratulations. Boop.
0: Put in some like, we are the champions, but like knockoff music because uh, we can't get the royalty. All right. Yeah. No, but what about you, dude? How are you doing?
1: Uh, I've been good. I, I mean, understandably, you've been very busy with end of semester stuff. I've been actually pretty busy myself. So work's been kind of picking up, but which is good, but it's kind of left me without like a whole lot of free time for things. But I've been um, just keeping up with working on music for um, scavenger stuff, practicing, prepping for wedding gigs, and also planning a wedding and a move. So, yeah, a little busy.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, man, that's yeah. a lot on your plate. But uh, it sounds like it's all good stuff, too, which yeah, is the good yeah. thing. Definitely. Um, I actually haven't had a crazy amount over the last, like, week. Um, I just finished my last week of classes. Um, and that wasn't even a full week, it was just three days, so yeah. I did that, um, and then uh, really recently I've just been working on um, uh, my final project that I'm turning in for my, for my degree, essentially, and also mm-hmm. getting ready to, on the same day that we're recording this, I'm recording uh, with a couple other network members, the uh, pilot slash prologue episode. I guess you could say, of a brand new series that um, I feel like, uh, I don't know, like, I want to talk about it, but at the same time, I really want it to be clouded in mystery and just sort of drop it on the people. You know what I mean?
1: Well, and I think you'd, it'd be a very big mistake to uh, kind of reveal <laughs> it a little early.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't want hey, to, also, just in case, like, we go, oh, this, like, something went wrong today, we need an extra week, then I don't want to say, oh, it's dropping this week, and then have it not. And after yeah. I've hyped it up. But, like, it should be coming out this week, bef- right before my graduation. So, that will be very exciting. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I Other than that, that, that's all I've been working on.
1: Yeah. So, actually, um, last week, uh, you had a couple of personality quizzes from me. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a couple for you. Okay. So, um, they might seem a little weird, but I found them on a website that promotes a variety of content. they've have. A lot Of different quizzes, articles, and kind of choose your own adventure things, all about discovering the true you. Okay, somewhere. So, um, this first one, um, it's about conviction and analyzes your choices to decide how successful you might be in, um, kind of like an on the spot sort of elevator pitch sort of situation. Okay. So, it's a it's an sort of inventory. So, I'm going to read to you the first prompt and then the different choices, and then I want you to let me know if you've done these before. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, this first thing. Um, well, let me um, read off the um, the setup for you. So, you and your neighbor get along just fine, but his kids are regular size, and that's got to change. How many of these ways have you subtly tried to let your neighbor know he should consider really shrinking his kids down to the size of ants? So, first thing, um, pointing to his ant farm and saying, kids would have a lot of fun in there.
0: I have not done that, sorry. I, th- I, I thought you were going to give me multiple things. Okay.
1: My bad. Um, next thing. I'm um, getting a tattoo of his kids on your fingertip and telling him this could be the real size of your children.
0: <laughs> I have not done this one either.
1: Okay. I'm greeting his kids with still regular size, huh? Every time you see him.
0: Okay. Yes, I have done that.
1: Okay. Um asking him, hey, I know it's none of my business, but don't you worry about how visible your kids are on radar? <laughs>
0: uh, no, I haven't done that.
1: Okay. Um, inviting a renowned ant expert to his, to a backyard barbecue to tell your neighbor he'd be interested in studying and maybe even dissecting his kids if only they were ant size.
0: No, I haven't done that. Now, just a, just before we continue, is this a how Rick Moranis are you quiz?
1: Um, it's actually from uh, Associate Associated the Onion.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: But um, casually mentioning to your neighbor over a couple of beers that. Tiny bicycles are much more affordable than full-size bicycles.
0: Yes. I mean, we all know that. That's just common knowledge.
1: Oh, totally. Um, Let's see. Putting a bumper sticker on your car that reads, proud parent of kids so small that no one can see them.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, I don't have that bumper sticker.
1: All right. Well, we got to get your results now. So, um, the the results are that you haven't passive-aggressively suggested your neighbor shrink down his kids much at all. So, good job.
0: Thanks, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um. So this next
0: quiz. I mean, um, you know, like, hey, just just so we're all aware, I mean, like, I think it would be weird if I did that anyway because Graham doesn't have kids.
1: I mean, he's no, that'd be kind of mean.
0: Though I guess technically his parents are my parents' neighbor. Like, I really don't have a home. You know what I mean? So then, so, so then,
1: would your would this be more of a quiz for your dad and how he should passively aggressively? Maybe we should get Jess like...
0: Parker on this show. I um, think we should ask let, get... well next we'll, when I come home, we'll ask you these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we'll make Graham sit right across from you just so you can like really stare him into the eye and tell him you think he should be an ant.
1: I mean, he is already the shortest member of our... anyway. So this next quiz, um, it's about that good gray matter, or, you know as it's as it's scientifically called your brain stuff. Um, by analyzing your knowledge of the different parts of a dog, we can see how good that good, good, gray stuff is. So okay? doesn't help that you can't see the pictures, but that kind of gives away the uh, bet I'm going for. So, um, let's begin with the basics. So, um, what part of the dog is this called? So, of the six parts, it's the one that's used during the dog's feeding process. So, your four choices are, um, the snout, the part of the dog used for chewing, breathing, sneezing, throwing up, and biting villains. Um, the gums, the part of the dog that stores teeth, swallows teeth, and glows with a pale white, ghostly green light. Um, and lastly, the valve where the dog's brain is, and where the dog senses danger. It can open up its valve to make its brain fall out onto the ground. So you have the snout, the gums, and the valve.
0: Uh, it's the snout.
1: Okay. Going further down. So um, the next question. Many dog owners observe their dog that may quiver, shake, or even bark while having vivid dreams. Which of the six parts of the dog's is, is responsible for creating dreams? So this first, um, first option is the insanity sack. Located deep in the dog's skull, and every time the dog closes its eyes, the insanity sack creates images of the dog's brain. Um, next one, the attraction crown. Dogs are the only animal that are attracted to every other species of animal, so whenever they move while asleep, it's an indication they're having a dream about seeing a naked bear or duck. Um, and lastly, um, the ignition wires, which are located inside the central primary part of the dog. So we have the insanity sack, the attraction crown, and the ignition wires.
0: I think it's the wires. Okay? So,
1: this next part. So, this part is pointing towards, like, the lower back legs of the dog. First one is called the horse's similarity. Horses have a thing on them that's similar to this thing on a dog, and that's the only similarity that dogs have with horses. This next thing is a combustion hose, responsible for transferring heat, has a short black claw at the bottom, and should never be tinkered with. And lastly, um, it's called the Mon... Actually, we're going to skip that one. So we have the Horse Singularity and the Combustion Hose.
0: Uh, Horse Singularity, uh, because as a McElroy fan, I know how important it is to mention horses in your podcast.
1: Oh, right. So, um, number four. So So we have another picture of a dog pointing towards, I guess, more of the rump, but maybe above the rump of the dog. So the first one is called the bad palm, similar, similar to a human palm, but cannot cup or anything. So anything you put into it just immediately falls out, and it's useless for the dog. Um, we also have headrest. And then our third option is the one big gill, which dogs use to inhale, exhale, and cough at the same time.
0: Hmm. I think it's the headrest.
1: Okay. Um, dogs can give birth to upwards of ten puppies at once. Which part of the dog is responsible for reproduction and birthing? So first we have, um, the big secret because nobody knows what it is. Um, we have the engine minor <laughs> and the engine major, which is responsible for killing the dog immediately if it somehow manages to live to its fortieth birthday. And lastly, um, dogs are never created or destroyed; they're just enough dogs around for everybody.
0: Ooh, I like that last. I am the. Oh, see, the thing is, hang on. But the big secret is also very funny. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to say it's the big secret, because we definitely know that some dogs do just leave us, which is tragic. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to have to go with that first option. Well,
1: the result is that you have confused the six parts of a dog with the parts of a horse.
0: Okay, well, that's interesting.
1: So, for those of you that were taking this quiz seriously, these are actually off a of click hole. So, yeah. Okay, your, uh... well...
0: My favorite favorite click hole uh, quiz, uh, I think there's two. One of them is like something about like, can you evolve into a duck? Yeah. (laughs) And like you start off as like an amoeba. Uh, And the other one is like, you are Lin-Manuel Miranda. Can you get through a mall without spending your millions you earned from Hamilton?
1: I saw that one. Very, very funny. (laughs) Um, I, saw, I thought about doing that one, but I was like, you know, Colin's probably... That, one, one. <laughs> that one also
0: very, very long. Like, it takes yeah. forever to get through that one.
1: They are very good quizzes.
0: They are very good yeah. quizzes. Hey, click hold, good job. And very informative, too.
1: You know, I mean, we learned a lot about how your dad would be really ba- bad at actually convincing Graham's parents to shrink him.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, I do want to point out one thing. Graham is not the shortest member of our team. Like, that is actually me. Like, I am... Like... What's weird is that I'm not even that short. Like, I'm in the average height of, a, of an American male, but, like, everyone in our group is taller than I am.
1: Then maybe this was a message.
0: That I should be me. shrunk down to a man. for me to your father. Yes. All right. Um, All right.
1: Well, with that out of the way. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. So, usually, um, what we do is, is we do um, some presentations of people. Um, now, if you weren't with us last week, I spoke about Mark Hoppus of the band Blink 182, and we did sort of a a quick rundown of his career up until the age of 30, and what about that part of his career made him worthy of a 30 under 30 title, um, and how if the 30 under 30 list had been around back then, he would have absolutely been on that list. Um, and then we talked a little bit about what his career was like after that. If you haven't checked out that episode, that uh, is episode 14, What's My Age Again? And you should go check that out. Um, You'll also notice that the reason why I'm saying all this is because we changed up our formula just a little bit because of the fact that um, it is finals time and everything like that for me. So last episode, I did all of the research and I was the only person to present. Um, And then that way, Alex didn't have to do like a lot of work last week and this week. Um and then this way what was going on is that then for this week Alex is about to surprise me with his presentation of I believe actually it's a group if I'm not mistaken um but I could be wrong maybe it is just a person but he's going to be presenting I believe a group and that is so that he did all the research for this week and I did not so this um is also a situation where I think if I'm not mistaken These are the first two episodes in which we have presented people to each other without telling the other person who it was beforehand. Am I right about that? I think so. Yeah. So this is also something that's kind of interesting too, because now there's like kind of no, it's it's sort of like, you know, whoever is being presented to is learning along with the listener in real time. Yeah. Or I guess in podcast time. So, um, Well, technically
1: that's about like in dog years. Like every minute Mm. is like seven minutes.
0: Yeah. So that's in every... Oh, God, I can't I can't do that kind of math. <laughs> I Like, I'm not... Look, I realize that I'm about to graduate with a degree, folks, but, like, it's definitely not in math, so, <laughs> you know, like, maybe we could bring that to Graham, and he could do a little formula for us or something, but yeah. uh, I'm just gonna say, it's in a lot of minutes.
1: Usually an hour. All right, so, um, as Colin mentioned, it is on me to present. So the group that I'm presenting is the Augscast. They are oh. a British-based... Um, youtube group they also do some live streaming they have some podcasts so on their main channel they have about seven seven point two million subscribers um and their sub channels have from like twelve thousand to over a million they have about 32 sub channels they have a variety of content from street well i already did that bit um they were a member of the game station which was later rebranded as polaris which then became a part of disney digital networks but i think they split from polaris at a certain point um, and they're comprised of a mix of editors, musicians, artists, community man- managers, and a lot of behind-the-scenes people. Um, they have two podcasts through their main channel, the Triforce Podcast and the Pod. Um And actually, their first, the, the YoggPod actually became the f- number one podcast in the UK charts for a while. And the reason why I chose this group is because, well, we all have several references for this whole thing, such as Maximum Fun at Funhouse. And I wanted to bring, actually, my own references to the table. You know, I wanted, as we've approached other um, individuals as sort of case studies, I wanted to approach, like, these kind of references, like, the Maximum Fun and Funhouse as a kind of case study as well. Um, This group first started as a YouTube channel in 2008, so they actually started off as a World of Warcraft um, guild with a World of Warcraft series doing um, a variety of, like, parody how-to guides, walkthroughs, and things like that. And they received a lot of early recognition from, like, PC Gamer and Joystick for, like, hey, this new expansion's coming up. These this group just did a review of it, check it out, that sort of thing. Um, now, is that
0: the joystick that, like, the McElroys used to be over at? Yeah. Cool, cool.
1: Yeah. And at, so, at, so in 2010, or I guess, like, 2009, was when, like, the initial kind of, like, Minecraft wave started mm-hmm. rising in, right. and the Augscast, actually, they kind of were, like, right, like, kind of spearheaded that Minecraft, like, rise, and... Actual, their first Minecraft video, released in December 2nd, 2010, has... Actually, I want you to guess how many views it has.
0: Um, 5.89 million.
1: 17 million.
0: Wow. Okay, I was not even close.
1: Yeah, and part of the reason why I think it has so many views, it was part of that initial, like, cusp of minecraft that initial like bit of interest people checking out hey is this a game i'd be interested in but also through the personalities that they developed over time but we'll get to that in a little bit
0: so hey sorry real quick don't interrupt but just as a question yeah this was 2010 right yes okay so that's probably also right around the time youtube kind of really started to fully kind of become a big thing right yeah and was this on youtube yes cool okay
1: and and in early on, YouTube... So, if I remember correctly, YouTube kind of put out these channels, like, the sub-channels as separate channels. So, then mm-hmm. you'd see, like, this group... So, the Yogg's cast main channel, then this sub-channel, 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 like, all with their Minecraft videos up and getting all these extra views and getting all this extra visibility, which I think was a big uh, contributor for that as well. Yes. So, um, in 2011, they became an official company and moved to the Yog Towers in Bristol. Um, And at this time, they started doing several charity initiatives. So... Um, first it started with the Yogg's Cast charity, Goat Giving. 2012 was the Honeydews Honey Drive, 2013 Dwarven Dairy Drive, and 2014 through 27, the Yogg's cast Jingle Jam. And the last Jingle Jam actually raised over $5 million for a charity. Wow. Yeah, and funds for this have gone to a variety of charities such as the Mental Health Foundation, Cancer U- Research UK, and Fauna and Flora International. Hmm. Huh. And So one thing that we've kind of been talking about is bringing in more collaborators, bringing in more outside members. So in 2011, that was the first time that they brought in their first outside collaborator, Martin Littlewood, also known as In the Littlewood on YouTube. And it wasn't in 2012 when they started bringing in more people consistently. Um, At this time, they also brought in more, more behind the scenes people such as editors, animators, musicians, and the like. Which is also interesting because as we're getting into our second or third year... We're starting to get to a point where, like, we could maybe bring in more people. That's, you know, we're having discussion about that. But, you know, just tracing parallels between things.
0: Right. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: In 2012, that's when the, um, the main Yogscast channel became the first channel in the UK to reach one billion views. They also started a campaign ooh. to kickstart a game. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I just said ooh.
1: Oh, okay. And so they, in 2012, they also um tried to kickstart a game. Now, I mentioned this was a case study. So there is some good. There's some bad. So, right. in 2014, this game failed for a number of reasons. So, in, so the company, so, I think it was Cool Kiwi Games, or it was Kiwi something games. So, in the first few weeks of the project being launched, the well, so this was a very small new company. They had a lot of, like, very talented, experienced people, but they were very inexperienced in a way. So, mm-hmm. like... They gave lump sums to a lot of their artists, like at the outset, but they didn't have any way to bring that money back. And early oh. on, one of their concept artists bounced to work with Lucas Arts, and they the company couldn't recoup that money, so they were out like thirty five grand right away. What? Which is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But also, like, how did that guy? Like, how was there not some sort of contract there that, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I did, that just sort of thing kind of baffles me. I guess in a way, almost yeah. like a prenup, but for a working agreement, you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, well, and I think because this was, like, a new company, like, a lot of the people came from more of, like, experience with, like, doing as opposed to managing, and I think that uh, was really their downfall.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense, though.
1: And, well, another problem is that the Oxcast were trying to work with an organization that was fairly new and contracted them to do a fairly, like, a really large project. It was kind of, well, like in the spirit of the August but it was kind of like those voxel Minecrafty sort of things. But uh-huh. maybe if they had worked with a larger company, th- maybe this wouldn't have happened, like a larger, more experienced company, you know? Right. And around this time, they also, so 2012, they also had some personnel issues. So one of their members from their early um, World of Warcraft group, um, Pirate Tin Man, he was, I think he was more of a content or community manage- manager. Um, so he stole a large sum of money from the company and was subsequently fired. What? Yeah. So they had like a premium component of their forms and this person was actually like he encouraged this and set it up, but he he set the um payment to his PayPal account and for whatever reason, they didn't notice. And he also changed something with their advertising that would kind of redirect the funds to go to him or it showed that like the traffic came from him. So then he would be getting the money for it.
0: Dude, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll get to all that stuff later. So um, in 2013, so through a charity deal, actually, one of their members became a DLC character in the Sonic and All Stars Racing. So and then That's I think cool. actually, uh, funny enough, their main channel was accidentally taken down because when there was a YouTube bot that actually that thought their the account holder was under 13, and their whole channel was just dist- was just like taken down.
0: How do they think they were under 13?
1: It was a YouTube bot. <laughs> Okay. Huh. It was quickly restored, though. So, okay. yeah. And, ac- I mean, since then, they've, they, they haven't they have had, at least from what I've been able to find, they haven't had a lot of, like, major, like, sort of, like, major issues or, like, major good things. Like, they've just been kind of existing, right? They've mm-hmm. kind of, they had that first initial push with the Minecraft stuff. Maybe some downfall, maybe some, like, issues as they went along. But overall, they've just been able to, like, maintain it as they went across. And I guess the question is, why do I think they should be, like, on the, like, contenders for the 30 under 30 list? Well, because they've, they found their niche early on, and they found ways to take advantage of a rising platform like YouTube. And in a way, I think they were kind of the, the people, so you see, like, those channels, like that really just like primarily focus on like Minecraft or like those like sandboxy kind of games. These people were kind of the first people to jump on that platform and like make it, make it a platform. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I, uh, let me see, I found an interview with the, one of the founders of the AugsCast, Lewis Brinley. So this was from a 2015 interview with um, voicemag.uk. And so one question was, why did, why did they want to get more people involved? And I guess. Like for us, as we're trying to grow our company and grow this as not just like the four of us, not just like the video, not just like the couple podcasts we have, but grow it out to be more people. Like, right. what are some reasons that we want to grow it out? Louis said. So as the channel grew, he realized that he wanted to get a lot of his friends involved too, and how much they could benefit from sharing certain resources and supporting one another. So that since extended to friends of friends, and now they have a large group of content creators who benefit from being in the family in many of ways. So for them, it's not just, like, we need this job filled, we need this, we need that. It's more of, like, these are the resources that we have, how can we share it, and how can we also benefit from other people sharing resources? So kind of like a communal sort of thing.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Um, Just remind me about that statement that you just made when we get to, like, what we learned thing. Yeah, Because, like, I don't want to derail this conversation, but, like, I definitely just, like, had a thought just now about kind of some of the stuff that we've talked about before, really, of, like what we want to do and what we want to be and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, um, So yeah, we'll come back to that.
1: Definitely. And well, another thing to consider is how things have changed from when they first started because as we've been going through our own changes, we've noticed that maybe some things are getting maybe more emphasis, maybe some things are just gradually changing. And this is just kind of a perspective from a group that's been, you know, consistently doing it. So- when they first started, they weren't releasing videos every day, but now they're releasing multiple videos every day, like every day of the year. So they've shifted their focus from frantic coverage to sustainable, reliable, high-quality content, planned and organized at least a week in advance. So they can be sick or take time off, but then not have any gaps in their schedule. Mm-hmm. Which is something that we've been trying to work out with like setting up a right. schedule for like creating content and like putting it out. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And the last thing is how the charities were actually selected, because I'd mentioned they do like the Cast jingle jam and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the charities themselves were actually selected by a combination of their own choices, fan recommendations, previous year's choices, charities in the industries and charities that would appeal to our fan base. So not only are they just going off of like things that matter to them, but they're also like taking in the input of their community as well, which is something we'll actually get to later.
0: Now that's, that's fantastic. and I think there's definitely a lot to talk about there. Yeah. Um, but before we do, uh, why don't we jump over to the Forbes listings and see what, uh, what the folks are talking about.
1: Sounds good.
0: Okay, everyone. We are here to do a couple little uh, ad reads here for you. Um, and so I'm going to talk to you about a podcast that we've mentioned before. Um, and we cannot recommend enough. It is Headline Heroes. Woo! Co-host Drew Mick, Nathan Haynes, and Tanner, Alex, it's Tanner, Ackerman. Uh,
1: Wait to put me, (laughs) I didn't even say anything. Wait to put me on blast. Jeez. We
0: created the (laughs) show, they, they, sorry, they created the show, Headline Heroes. Um, you know, sorry, that was a small joke because the very first time we did an ad for them, uh, we said Tanner instead of Tanner. Um, why don't I start this over?
1: No, we're keeping it in.
0: We're keeping it in? Okay. All right. So uh, co-hosts Drew Mick, Nathan Haynes, and Tanner Ackerman created the show Headline Heroes. Uh, what they do is they take out their sometimes bizarre news headlines, and they use them as inspiration for a superhero or supervillain. Uh, they started back in April of 2017 um, and have so far remained a weekly podcast. Uh, they love coming together and discussing and creating. Uh, Many of their creations are bizarre. For instance, issue number 19, where they ended up with a donkey legion army in Roman armor. Uh, Still kind of not really sure what happened there. But occasionally they they will create something that might be considered a great concept for a hero or villain. Yeah. Occasionally. Ultimately, their goal is uh, ha- right. Ultimately, their goal has been to create their own comic universe, like Marvel or DC or Image or some of the others that are out there that I'm all of a sudden forgetting, um, except uh, maybe a little bit more bizarre. So yeah. that's Headline Heroes.
1: Very nice. So Colin, yes, you know that I wear glasses, right? I do too. You do too. Well, you know how expensive they are, right? I do. Well, did you know that the eyewear industry is dominated by a single company that has been able to keep prices artificially high while reaping huge profits from consumers
0: who have no other option? I did know that. I actually learned about that on Adam Ruins Everything. That's a really good episode.
1: Well, did you know that some other people also, well, uh, I was going to say some other people know that too, but that's actually kind of bad, but we're leaving it in anyway. So, um, so there's a company by the name of Warby Parker. Founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty objective. That objective is to offer designer eyewear at a revolutionary price while leading the way for socially conscious business.
0: My dude, I'm wearing Warby Parker right now. Really? They're, Warby Parker is on my face right now.
1: Did you know they actually did a thing with Arby's where like they made like eyewear out of like yes. onions? Yeah, uh, that was is, funny. Is, and it was <laughs> Arby Parker, wasn't yeah.
0: it? Yeah, that was very good.
1: Well, Warby's
0: got has some good advertising. You want to talk do. about good advertising.
1: I know for real. Good.
0: So, um, so some- yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to Warby Parker. Sorry.
1: Yeah, you're fine. So as someone who is like gonna soon be in the market for glasses, like it's been like two or three years since I actually got new glasses. This is might be something I do. So, um, Warby Parker was started to create an alternative, good eyewear, good outcome. Prescription eyeglasses start at ninety five. You can find a new pair today with their free home try on program. Best free shipping both ways. Every pair sold, well, for every pair sold, a pair is distributed to someone in need. So just go to bit.ly/scav. That cscav, e s c a v for more details.
0: Yeah, like I said, I wear Warby Parker, uh, and I'm actually really glad that you're going to be doing the um, like the home try on and like kind of see what's out there. Yeah, there's a lot of really great ones. I actually did two separate home try-ons before i ended up with the glasses that i have now yeah um because i thought that they didn't have them anymore like i they they weren't being uh shown on the website and finally i contacted them they said oh no we we have a few left so we'll send that in another home try-on if you want to test it against a couple of the ones that you did like um and so they they sent me another box i got to try them on sure enough i love these um they were cheap and they were fast like they got back to me like this By the time I sent back the box and said, hey, here's my prescription, I think I got my glasses, like, five days later, Um, which is insane to me, that they could, like, make glasses, like, that fast and send them out to me, Um, and I wear these glasses all the time. Like, I no longer feel the, the, like, pressure of needing to wear contacts all the time, uh, because I don't feel self-conscious about my glasses anymore, and they also have prescription sunglasses as well. So I never have to feel like I have to wear contacts just so I can go outside. Um, so Warby Parker, great company. Well, and to be honest, they look pretty good. Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: As we're approaching this as a case study, we should work out, you know, what things that we think this the Yogg's cast did well, what, what are some maybe more problematic things they've kind of run into and how could we apply it to our own group
0: um right? okay so there's a i think there's a couple things like real quick i will say the one thing that's kind of good off the bat is the fact that um right from the start we made a company like bank account yeah um and so now there's no way that like funds that are for the company will go to anybody else like they they will be linked to the company itself so they can't be pulled out into someone's personal account. You know what I mean? Like Certainly. Um, and, and the the people who have access to the bank account is very limited. Yeah. Um, so, and it's all within people that we trust. Not that they didn't trust this guy, but, you maybe know, I think have. just, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that also having a company that's only based on PayPal is probably also another reason why it wasn't being noticed. Because, you know, you're not checking that probably as often. As you are a bank account.
1: Especially if it's like personal PayPal accounts as well, which is kind
0: of... Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other good thing is, is that for those of us who are in the company right now, we don't have like the HTML know-how to make it look like traffic is coming from just one of us anyway. So I think we're doing pretty good on that front.
1: Yeah. So um, hire people that don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs)
0: no i'm kidding no but i think that this has brought up actually what you just said is a is kind of a a good point is that something that we've talked about is trying to bring on more people and um it is i think sometimes a struggle for a company that has no major income yet right of like how do you convince people to work with you uh until there's a point in which you're all getting paid you know yeah um but, you know, you want to ha- obviously have people that believe in, in you and the, the company just as much as you do. And, you know, the thing is that we have been trying our best to find more people that we can bring on. Mm-hmm. But not just so much of like, oh, we need you in order to be successful. It's more of like, what can we do for each other? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's definitely some people that like I know that I would really like to work with that are not in the company yet or that aren't podcasters or video producers yet. Yeah. Um, there's a girl who I went to high school with who has a like vlog series online, who is very like, uh, you know, female issues and female empowerment. And that's the sort of thing that we don't have a lot of here on our channel because Certainly. it was started by you know four white dudes and a white girl and then that now girl just left four white dudes um yeah now it's just four white dudes and so you know we we need to be working on our uh diversity because it's not just our voices that deserve to be heard yeah um there's also you know other let's play groups that are you know just starting off that are smaller that i think that we could benefit from working together with, uh, and that they could benefit from working with us, uh, like Broken Shades, which is um, Dylan Cuesta and Jacob Rocco and a couple other folks. Yeah. They they do some pretty solid work and they just came back from a hiatus. Um, And so maybe working on something with them would also be very beneficial. Certainly. Um, But there's, I mean, I think there's plenty of different types of content creators that we could be working with that could really benefit us um
1: and we could also you know be at be a benefit for them as well
0: right and sorry that's that's kind of what I what I meant when i said uh, sorry i realized that that's probably very sounds like oh just you and me specifically i mean like everyone in, involved like there's people that we could work with that would be a benefit to to everybody because i don't think anything is truly a benefit mm-hmm. if it doesn't work well for both people of course um because then, then at the at the other way around, if it's only one sided, then it's uh, being that's like an advantage.
1: Yeah, you definitely. Know?
0: There are plenty of different types of content creators that we can work with in order to help all of us work together towards creating some sort of community um, that I think will be just as welcoming as a community such as Maximum Fun, Rooster Teeth, Yogg's cast. And the other thing is that, you know, this is something that we've talked about since the beginning. It's just a matter of like, we don't have income yet anyway. So we aren't at a point in which we can do charity work exactly because we'd have to have money to do that. But, um, you know, charity and, and, you know, foundations and stuff like that are, are very big for us. And that was something that has always been present in our business model as well. And that was something that I also really appreciated about, um about their company was mm-hmm. was all the different charities and you know groups that they worked with to uh try to help them out as well.
1: Yeah. So I think another so at least one thing that I've taken away from this is they've been on top of finding ways to stay afloat, right? So mm-hmm. after riding the wave of Minecraft, they hadn't they haven't really been been able to find that same amount of viewership. Maybe that's just because these videos were older so they have more ex, like exposure over time. But it's also not to say they aren't functioning as a business. Like they still get between 130 and 100 and 300,000 views per video, which is gameplay stuff. And a large right. part of their draw is their personalities. But this kind of content is still really fickle. Like it's really easy to fall out of favor. And if your income is primarily through viewership, you know, lose a lot of your income, especially with like the right. adpocalypse and stuff. But yes. so one thing I think we should consider are additional ways outside of viewership and listening, you know, to pay the bills as it were. like. So, there's this one um, sub-channel with the access called Hat Films, for instance, who um, they helped actually create the trailers for Mojang for uh, any update to Minecraft, right? So, doing more like, ser- not, I guess like, not quite service work, but more like contractual work in a way, right? Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, like that's, and this isn't me like changing the subject at no. all, right? I know that's going to sound like it, but this is just because I have more So, like, this is the company that you have more experience with, whereas I have more experience with Rooster Teeth, right? Yeah. So, they recently, um, April was the mark of their 15-year anniversary, Mm -hmm. and there was this great documentary that came out about the sort of different things that they did to sort of keep themselves afloat and everything like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, one of the things that they were talking about was that there was a point in which, because they started with um, Red versus Blue, right... Machinima was a big thing uh for them and that was something that they were well known for Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of commercials um and like ad agencies that worked with them to create like the gameplay and like very specific Looks, you know for and like shots that they had to get Mm -hmm. in order to make these commercials, you know, Mm -hmm. and um And that takes a lot of time, but you know people were were making these commercials and really, you know doing it up um and like they for a long time had one with EA Sports for, like, Madden and stuff like that. They were doing a lot of the football ads for a long time until they made one uh, parody one outside of their contract work because they thought it was unfair how much, like, the ad agency wanted them to, like, purposefully, not purposely, but, like, they had them play against this one team and so they consistently tackled the same guy. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so, like, it wasn't exactly on purpose, but it definitely was like, oh, wait, maybe we should have realized that every shot in this ad has the same dude being tackled. <laughs> yeah. So then they made they made a parody video of them of the of that guy being every single member of the team. <laughs> but anyway, no, but like doing that sort of thing though was something that helped keep them afloat during those earlier times because they were doing this work that was related to the main thing that they were known for, right? You know, red versus blue. And so by yeah. doing things like the jingles and um uh and Oh, shoot! What was the other thing that you that you mentioned? I'm I'm blanking.
1: Um. So there was the, uh. So there was the Jingle Jam. There was the um. The Goat Drive, and there was something else. Right. Yeah. Uh.
0: Okay. Well, I, I can't remember which one I was thinking of, but essentially, like having those things that even if you, let's say, in the end, even if they aren't something that you end up sticking with, right? It's still something that you can use as a, you know, um as like a foothold within, Mm -hmm. you know, within the hill to sort of kind of give yourself a boost and to continue to push yourself forward. Um, and that's something that I think that we've definitely talked about before. We've definitely talked about doing like some video service and some audio service, I believe. Certainly. Um, and so there's definitely some things that we can do to, uh, bring money in. It's just, you know, one of the big things that we really need to work on is getting, uh, some of those right people in through the door. Um, not just as customers, but also as employees and collaborators to help us uh run the business. Uh, because as much as we do know, we don't know everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and to help us get our website up and running yeah. stronger and better, and to Faster, uh to help us better understand things like our tax forms and stuff like that. Like, dude, those yeah, there's a lot of those. There's yeah. an insane amount of tax forms. And like, you know, if we want to do some of this work. Where we're basically being work for hires, you know, we'd have to know all the different paperwork that we need for that. So you yeah. know, it's 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 a it's a lengthy process, but it's certainly something that has kept a group like Yogscast uh, afloat and kept them as a solid company for um, for how long have they been around since two thousand ten? Right, so eight years.
1: Uh two thousand eight actually.
0: Two thousand eight. Sorry, so ten years. Yeah. Hey, ten years. Yeah, that's uh, that's not bad congratulations.
1: Yeah. And actually another thing that well and something that relates to well with um Funhouse and with Rooster Teeth like with mm-hmm. kind of the well they're like to use a term like their wheelhouse was with Machinima with doing anim, um animations and videography within games. And so like they found their niche and they hit it big just like with how the Mi- how with the cast, like their first big niche was with Minecraft. And but as that right. wave started to fall down just kind of as how with um rooster teeth, well, has machinima really kind of diminished?
0: Uh, I think it has, really. I mean, like I would honestly say that something like um red versus blue is one of the final remaining machinimas out there. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that through that, that sort of stemmed a lot of like the let's play stuff, and like let's plays are now kind of the you know dominating video game source material yeah. or video game content material
1: yeah so i uh, guess which we
0: definitely do plenty of as well sorry
1: yeah, yeah, yeah well and as as we're still trying to like apply all the stuff to us like i think one thing that we should consider is kind of analyzing the t- trends of like what's kind of popular in the current mm-hmm. content seeing like what would we not feel super cringy about doing what do we want to maybe latch onto, what do we want to maybe kind of predict Predict or kind of like kind of anticipate,
0: you know, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lot to think about, though. It is. Well, what about you, dear listeners? Um, what do you know about companies such as Yogscast, like any any company that's like this, that is a content creator, that is a stronghold in you know charity work online and um, you know collaborations with other creators as well. Uh, you know, what are some of the lessons of companies like that, um, or specifically from Yogscast as well? Um, That we should be uh, taking that maybe we didn't think about in this episode. Yeah. You can write to us in an email at scavengersnetwork at gmail.com. And uh, we will read it on the next episode.
1: Or if you also have carrier pigeons, if you just slurred it in the air, it'll just know where to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or if you give it to a ghost and give them... Uh, your favorite beverage. And $3. They will give you a high five. Yeah, and $3. You can't forget the $3. Yeah. That's the delivery fee. Yeah. Uh, they will find us at the nearest um ghost portal.
1: Well, I think that's a pretty good spot to leave it. So, um, please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network, such as Culture Shock, our news, reviews, and interviews video series all about the Earth's world. Or, if you're looking for more podcasts, try out our other great shows on the network, like Spooky Spouses.
0: You can find our video series and others on our YouTube channel, or you can find our podcast wherever you choose to listen to those. Um, We will probably talk about this right now. Uh, Culture Shock is going to be released not just as a video series, but also as a podcast format, since half of them are audio-only anyway, um, since some of them are kind of interviews and maybe with people who don't have cameras. Um, So we're going to be... putting those out on the Fridays in which Academy Outcast uh, does not air. Um, so those will be, you know, both on YouTube and uh, podcast apps on mm-hmm. the same day. Um, and that'll be starting probably, I believe, in June. because Yeah, been starting in June because I, I gotta get back home and that's when we'll set up the, the, the schedule and everything for that. Um, and if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker.
1: You can also find me on Twitter at tail 0 or French at music, at as an AT, not at, at sign. And you can find both of us at mm-hmm. scavengersnet.
0: Uh, before I tell you when our next episode is, I would like to thank Alex Taylor for the use of our theme song here on Journey Under 30. You may have heard of him. He's the other co-host that you hi. just heard from. Um, so hi. Yeah, I feel like we've never actually talked about that on the show, and I feel like maybe we should. So, Alex, thank you so much for for giving us the music for this great show. Well, thank you for letting me put my music on the show. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, this episode comes out on May 8th. Our next episode will come to you on May 22nd, where I will have a degree in hand, sort of. Uh, So, thanks for joining us here on Journey Under 30. Once again, I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And I'll see you on the Forbes listings.
1: And I need a new outro, so if anybody wants to tweet to us things that I should say in our outro, please tweet to us at at scavengersnet. Thanks!